Welcome to Slayer Fest 98. I'm your host, Ian Carlos Crawford. And I'm your other host, Matthew Rodriguez. And today we have two guests with us. We have the Deputy Arts and Entertainment Editor at BuzzFeed News. Louis Peitzman. Yay. And we have actress and author and um, fucking Tara McClay from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Hi, Amber Benson. Hi. <laughs> this is me. <laughs> <laughs> and today is Lewis's third episode, so now you're an official Scooby. Yay. Thank um, you. Thank you. <laughs> and I think we can just make Amber an, an honorary official Scooby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally stealing your thunder, Lewis. Totally. That, that's fine. We go way back, though, so. We do. It's totally, it's totally chill. <laughs> yeah, Lewis is how I met you. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So today we are here to discuss um, season five's family. Um, Amber, we have people give us their Buffy origin. Um, and when we had Janice Benson on, she gave a really funny origin about how she came to work on the show. So if you want to <laughs> give us how you came to work on the <clears throat> show, your origin, so to speak. Um, well, this is the, 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 the incredibly true, true life adventure origin story. Um, <laughs> Uh, so I just, I auditioned for the show, <laughs> like it was not a, I, you know, I had seen like one or two episodes, I actually knew Allison from back in the day. And so I watched okay. it to be like, Oh, that's Allison's show. <laughs> um, it was really good. Um, and then, uh, they just, uh, they had me come in for, for a role and, uh, I just, I auditioned and <laughs> it seemed to go well. And then I was getting ready to leave town that afternoon to go see my dad up north in California. And I drove up to my dad's and at like six o'clock they called and they're like, hey, they want you to come back in. And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm really far away. I'm not, <laughs> not really available to come back in uh, right now. I'm three and a half hours away. Oh, <laughs> so they're like, well, they're going to see some other people. And if they don't find the person, then they'll have you come back in on Monday. So I guess they didn't find the person. And I went back in and I, I read for everybody again. And that's how I got the part. It was only supposed to be like one or two episodes. It was never supposed to be. Well, I never knew it was supposed to be like that was not what I was told when I auditioned. And then it became this sort of like extended three year part of my life <laughs> <laughs> did they, when you auditioned did they ever have you read with anyone from the show or were you just reading solo just reading solo for joss and the casting people and marty Knoxon. nice you actually just answered one of my questions i was going to have for you about allison because like the two of you have immediate chemistry um Aww. and i was going to ask if like you guys knew each other like outside of before you auditioned or anything because I, yeah. I I always tell this story, my straight roommate, I feel like straight guys aren't as usually keen to pick up, but like when I got him to watch Buffy and he saw Hush, he went, oh my God, I hope they hook up. I really think I like them together. <laughs> and I was like, what? That's I, amazing. I was like surprised, one, that he didn't know that, you know, Tara and Willow were a couple going into it. This was only like three years ago. Um, oh, wow. And the fact that he picked up right away, I was like, oh, well, I'm glad. <laughs> Yeah, no, we we definitely. Um, I think people realized we had some some sort of sort of special chemistry before. I think we did even. The crew would come over and they'd be like, "Wow, you guys are so cute together." And we're like, "What are you talking about?" And then Joss <laughs> took us aside and was like, "So by the way, y'all are going to be girlfriends." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, the crew knew before we did. They saw it. 
it was really cute. <laughs> um, yeah, so family, your big episode. Um, mm. Yeah, I don't know. Matthew, do you want to start? Yeah, I mean, well, it starts in Willow's dorm room with Tara kind of, um, well, they have that story about the cat. Willow, uh, Tara makes up a story about a cat about Miss Kitty Fantastico. Mm -hmm. Very precious. <laughs> yeah, and it's a really just, like, cute moment between the two of them. And um, did you, like, did was it the same cat? Like, did they always use the same cat for Miss Kitty Fantastico? <laughs> uh, well, this is what's funny is that there were, like, like 20 Miss Kitty Fantasticos. Because, you know, we started out like she was like a little tiny kitten. And oh, so right. the, the kitten wrangler showed up and there were like all these kittens. And the kitten was like, you know, I'm not sure. So then they'd bring another kitten. That kitten would be like, well, I'm not sure about this. So it was just like trying to get the one that would be like sort of interactive with Allison and me. And so at one point they put tuna oil under Allison's chin to get the cat <laughs> to lick her face. Oh, my God. <laughs> It was really funny. So there were like it, all the different iterations of this Kitty Fantastico, all the different, you know, sort of ages and, and, and time periods. Uh, there were so many of them. Like she was she was played by multiple feline actors. So I don't think you could you could pinpoint one that was better than any of the others. They were all wonderful in their own way. Amber, my, my question is really important. Did you get to play with the cat outside of filming? Oh, hell yeah. Okay. Oh good. my God. Well, Allison's a huge animal person. So she immediately was like, we're doing this thing with the kittens. This is happening. There's like 10 of them and they all are going to be on me. So yeah, so everyone was coming over and playing with the kitties and they were like, please don't rile them up too much. But they were so cute. They were little Miss Kitty Fantasticos. <laughs> I always love when the cat is on screen because I feel like the the cat is in certain episodes where they're like making a comment about Tara and Willow's relationship. <laughs> I love, it's a, I love it's that a metaphor it's, cat. That's it, it, right. Oh, it exists pussy. solely for metaphor. Yeah, pussy. It's just pussy. Everywhere you go, there's pussy. <laughs> Amber. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I, that's funny because I do think this episode is kind of like peak, uh, like witchcraft for, as a metaphor for yeah. being gay and like, yeah, I mean, in the best way, but I feel like it's like the peak yeah. of it and then they kind of like, kind of retire that metaphor after this. Um, yeah. Because then it becomes drugs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jesus. I love, I love the like transitive property of equality, like queer equals witchcraft equals drugs does being queer equal drugs. Jesus. <laughs> Depending on who you ask, they might say yes or no. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I feel like it's a drug. I'm totally addicted to being gay. I love it. <laughs> uh, um, it's funny. It's funny though because I I don't. I think so much of of you know like in the in the in the fifties when when the, the whole McCarthy thing started and there was this sort of like censorship crackdown on what you could and couldn't say. In, mm -hmm. in film I think that's kind of what we were dealing with with Buffy there was so much stuff that Jocelyn and the writers wanted to talk about and there was so much stuff that they were kind of I would say not like literally barred from talking about but they knew they would hit the censorship wall so they sort of cloaked everything in this this metaphor in order to get it through I mean they were very like no you're not going to have a kiss you're not they're not going to be doing anything like that for a very long time that was sort of the pushback no you can't do that um 
So I were think there? so much so much of that is because they were forced. So you get really creative. Like in the fifties, you see some of these movies, and you're like, oh, they're talking about sex, but that is a really creative way to like be the <laughs> euphemism for that. Um, so yeah. So instead of a train going through a tunnel, you have just a yes. really erotic uh, spell scene. Yes, that's 100%. Like, you got it. You nailed it. Exactly. Were, were there ever times where um, you would maybe, like, have a script or shoot a scene and you either had to have it rewritten or reshoot it because the network was like, mm, we can't do that? Well, when we did the kiss in um, in uh, the body, there's the body, right? Am I, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. Awake. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm like, my brain's not working. Um like we like he was like go for it give it the messiest wettest like most in, like and like there was like a string of drool between <laughs> by the end of you know because he was you like, were, like i'm gonna it. uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> so so he was like if you do that we're gonna give them that and they're gonna come back and they're gonna have us cut it down but if we just gave them a little thing they'd make us take it out huh. because it was so extreme he got them to sort of like come meet him in the middle, which, you know, I, I thought was really important. And I know, you know, ev- I think everybody on, on the show at that point was like really pushing for us to, to move forward in our relationship, <laughs> you know, on screen. Oh. The body would have been a, a weird episode to have like a really hardcore makeout scene in. Right. But it, does, <laughs> it does make sense in context why you would do that and then work backwards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so next we have Buffy telling, like, well, there's a little, little fallout from last episode, finding out that Dawn is not just a <laughs> little girl. She's a ball of energy. Um, she's the key. <laughs> she's the key. And Buffy's talking to Giles about it and kind of says that she decides not to tell anyone about it right now. And only her and Giles will know. Um, when did, did you guys always know that when Michelle came on that she was going to be like not choosing to be the sister, but not quite the sister. Yeah, we knew. Well, I mean, she was coming in part way through, so and just was sort of introduced. So, uh, you know, I think everybody, even the people watching, were like, "What the hell is this? I've been watching this show, and what is this little kid popping up?" Um, and who was freaking adorable? Like Michelle was a huge Buffy fan before before the show, before she was on it, and she was just like, I. I just remember the first time I met her, she was just like wandering around looking at all of the sets going, and there's that, and there's that. <laughs> she was so excited to be there. She was so adorable. Um, but I think, yeah, I think everybody, we kind of all knew that there was something different about her, but we didn't know all the details. Okay. So that actually brings me to a question. Um, you've had a lot of, you know, Scoobies and guests on the show who, you know, watched when it was originally on, and we specifically mm-hmm. have one guest Joe Reed, who always talks about being on the forums online and like discussing the show, you know, prior to Twitter and everything. And a lot of people were like, because it's Joss Whedon and because it's Buffy, we're kind of like suspicious of Tara and like didn't know until this episode what she was all about. Did you, did you yourself as an actor be like, what is the end goal here with Tara? Like, especially with the spell that went awry in season four and stuff like that. Well, I think originally. And this is this is a weird thing because you know when you go in and audition for a part, you know there's a breakdown that they that they send out and and it basically says looking for this kind of type of person, this character is this this and this. Please submit, you know, your people that are representative of of this sort of little breakdown synopsis of this character. Mm. Um, 
And I'm not quite sure why I got submitted because because the uh, the the character was like originally supposed to be like a woodland nymph sprite kind of dryad-y sort of person, oh. very thin and sort of yeah, that was sort of the original uh, sort of vibe of of what Tara was supposed to be. And actually, I ended up getting the part because Marty Noxon was like, "We love her and her energy. It's different than what we originally thought." And she really pushed for me. So I think Tara originally was supposed to be different than what she became. I know that when we were shooting Family, um, we knew that this episode was going to be Tara-centric. Um, but it came, it kind of came up in the middle of like a lot of crazy. Like we were shooting all this stuff. And, you know, we were always, we always kind of like doing back-to-back episodes where you weren't actually done with the episode that you were <laughs> working on. You were already moving into the next one. So you do these like pickup days. So you'd be like, oh, now I'm back in that. Like for the musical, sometimes, you know, like weeks and weeks later, there'd be like the dress hanging in my my trailer. I'd be like, wait, why is the dress in the... Oh, no, we're doing reshoots. Oh, no, we're adding stuff. Um, so we were in sort of the middle of that. And so Joff didn't actually have a finished script when we started shooting. Oh, wow. He was kind of writing, like right, right up until and right like in that very beginning of the sh- of the shoot he was like putting it all together um because he was so he we were so slammed we were just doing so much stuff um so we got we kind of got it all in like this chunk and then there was addition to the chunk <laughs> <laughs> so I, I i'm not sure like how like what was pre-planned or not or what was just like i gotta get this thing done what are we doing like <laughs> all right we have to decide is she a dryad or not <laughs> help us um, <laughs> I also love the idea of the musical dress like haunting you in your trailer. You're like, oh, it's back. Oh my god, <laughs> that thing, Lewis. We've talked about this. The the fact that the musical went on and on and on. Yeah, I mean that's oh. my dream is just for an endless musical. But I understand how <laughs> filming it would not be would not be as fun. It's such a cool dress, though. It was beautiful. I look like a pretty princess. I loved it. <laughs> So the dress to me is like so gay, but I don't know if that's just because I like, associate it with the episode. But it just like has this like real gay like Ren fair vibe to me. I a hundred percent agree. Yeah. When she when when uh, Cynthia the wardrobe um, who was in charge of all the wardrobe showed me the dress, I was like, "This is perfect. You cannot do this better. <laughs> this is perfect." Um, I would imagine that the was it corset wasn't that comfortable though, right? No, that's yeah. that was the part that sucked because they had to pull it really tight and then it hurt when you breathed a little bit oh, and you couldn't eat much. Um, so yeah, you had to, to sing live in that, did you? No, they pre-recorded everything, so you were lip syncing. Okay. I just can't and... sing live in, in a corset. Seems like oh that would be. Oh my god! Oh my gosh! You were like pre-drag, pre-RuPaul's Drag Race lip syncing for your life the whole time. <laughs> yep. Yep. No, totally. Oh my Amber, god! Amber, you yes. would have won that challenge. Oh, so thank you. <laughs> it was so much fun. I loved it. Like, I would get them to turn it up really loud when I was singing, so that I could. I think it was in like my bones while I was lip syncing to it. Everyone was really getting annoyed with me, but. <laughs> um, so also before, so before the credits roll, we see glory pop up and, you know, I feel <laughs> like glory is like, uh, and in this episode, Buffy explicitly says she's kind of like Cordelia. She very is like a follow up to Cordelia. I feel like totally. Um, and I love her delivery of now I am upset. Like it reminded me of a gay man. And I was like, I love this. <laughs> <laughs> the next scene with 
with Glory and Ben, well, where Ben is in the locker room. It's the first time we see Glory and Ben in the same place, but the show hasn't yet hinted that they're the same person. Mm -hmm. You can remember that. (laughs) Also, Ben looking good with his shirt off. (laughs) I was just going to say, is this the first time we saw Ben shirtless for no reason? Because, I mean, there's definitely a reason, but I... (laughs) It was totally like a superfluous shirtless moment. I really feel sometimes like on the WB, like there was like a note from the network where they were like, we need a shirtless man in this episode. (laughs) And they were like, Ben, take your shirt off. (laughs) I mean, I'm not mad at it. (laughs) I never saw that memo, but I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I think that's good. That's good, though. I mean, so much, so much of TV is like always catered toward the male gaze, and I feel yes. like the, the WB was so good at being television for you know um, women who like men and 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 for gay men, and I think that that's you know we should have lots more male you know sorry gazing on men. Yeah. Male, yeah. Gay male well, gaze. I also feel like the CW is still is still like that. Like I watch Crazy Ex Girlfriend, and I'm like, this is a very niche market, <laughs> and it's women and gay men. <laughs> I, I mean, before I gave up on Riverdale, I I mean, KJ Eppa is shirtless like 10 times an episode. And that's like, I'm, I'm like very, I'm like, wait, maybe I do want to keep watching this show. That's what happens when you have like Greg Berlanti running every show on television. <laughs> it's just going to get a lot gayer. That's great. I, I am pro. Yeah. I want this to happen. Say, make everything gayer. Great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, even, I, I actually put that in my notes that if in 2018, I feel like Glory could have been a gay man like a villain that's a gay man and would have worked <laughs> and she it would have been like an actor delivering lines exactly the same way and it still would have worked it's it's a very fluid thing like it's it's pre all of the the gender yeah. stuff we're talking about now yeah. with glory being ben and ben being glory kind of yeah. interesting yeah oh well glory glory is the first gender fluid villain on buffy that's yeah. true <laughs> that's really cool actually i like that <laughs> Um, I would act well. I could. I could also make an argument. I could also make an argument for Adam because robots inherently mm. fuck gender. Okay. Yeah. Sure. I can't, um, can't argue. All right, but let's not go back to Adam. You know, I, I get upset, Matthew. Um, <laughs> but uh, actually, I realized I skipped the part where they're moving Buffy out of her dorm room, yes. and we get a first glimpse of Anya's blonde hair. Yes. Yes. Um, I think that, weirdly, I think that tank top, like, I feel like every character on the show has, like, the outfit that I think of them in that's, like, their iconic outfit. And, like, weirdly, I think of this tank top, that's, like, what I think of when I think of Anya. I don't know why. Um, Aside from, like, the bunny costume, I feel like this tank top is, like, her outfit. Just, like, Amber, I would say Tara's, like, outfit is the the musical corset Oh, yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. Yeah, I have to I have to say in that scene though I just I'd forgotten since I, I just rewatched like that that Buffy and Xander are such dicks to Tara and they should at least like <laughs> pretend to get her references because like everyone puts up with Xander's references for so long and I feel like they could just be a little bit they could humor Tara a little bit more. They are yeah, really bad at that. <laughs> Buffy and Xander this episode kind of are dicks <laughs> like, yeah. the whole time about especially about Tara like I don't know. Especially, I mean, in the timeline of the show, Tara has been around for a few months now. And it's like, yeah. by this time, you should have gotten to know your best friend's partner a little bit, you know? <laughs> you can buy a present. I mean, it's not that hard. Truly. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Honestly, buying a present is not that hard. 
And like <laughs> Tara probably would have liked a gift card to like Barnes and Noble. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Like yeah, everyone's like, what magical item do I have to get her? I'm like, she still needs groceries. Get her a Trader Joe's gift card. Like, I don't understand the problem. <laughs> Is there a Trader Joe's in Sunnydale? I mean the Trader so Sunnydale used to have nothing and then it had a whole college campus. So I'm sure right. like, So I'm sure there was a Trader Joe's that popped up. <laughs> so Amber, it had a Trader Joe's. That's official. <laughs> Uh, all I know is that the vending machines at the college campus, all of the, the potato chips and things were turned backwards, so you couldn't see the um, the, the labels, and that was just such an odd. I was like, I think there is no food in Sunnydale. We just pretend to eat. I mean, so, having having been though in many Trader Joe's, I would say like there's definitely a hell mouth under every Trader Joe's, and that's why the lines are like that. That's why the parking lots are like that. Exactly. There's something demonic about it. Yes. Um. So also just a note that I made, like this is now, cause we, we talked a lot earlier in, in the earlier episodes of this season, how how much plot there is and how they're moving all the chess pieces around in season five. And this is actually the second character who's moving this season cause Xander just moved in the replacement. Yeah. And nice. since when I watched this episode, I just moved yesterday. I was <laughs> like, oh, he's moving. It's a big <laughs> life thing. <laughs> That's interesting. I didn't think about that. And I, yeah, mean, I mean, kind kind of Giles like gets the magic shop the episode before that, so he like moves. Oh yeah. So there's yeah. a lot of like changes of scenery and setting, like saying like we're saying goodbye to. It, it was kind of like we're saying goodbye to college. I think the only other scene in college we get is that one time where Buffy argues about um, Rasputin with her with her professor. <laughs> like her, well, we kind of we kind of like college went very quickly on Buffy, right? Like the college <laughs> Buffy the college years were very brief and suddenly everyone was like an adult with adult problems. Yeah. Yeah, Amber, was that ever a conversation of like aging up because I do feel like the cast the characters, you know, everyone gets a little bit aged up especially this season. I don't know, was that ever, like, a conversation and, like, with the with all the actors and the cast and everything, or did it just kind of, like, happen? Well, I think because I came in and they were already at college, I missed the sort of transition. Mm. So I, I probably missed all of the. I'm sure there were lots of conversations about it, but I think I missed all of that because I popped in and they were already set and ready to go. Because I'm, I'm one of the college people. <laughs> you know? The, you were the cool college lesbian witch, duh. <laughs> yes, very, very, yeah. I was the sweet. I don't know if cool, but I was very sweet and, and good-hearted. <laughs> um, I had some, some issues with shrimp, but other than that, like, I'm a nice girl. I hope that you remember that. <laughs> that was such a weird line. You know, so the, the, and then in the next scene where we see kind of Buffy and Xander talking about Tara, I mean, I think it's always interesting to write a scene between two characters where they're talking about another one who's not in the room. And I think it's like the first scene where someone's actively talking about Tara when she's not there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so to see like how clueless Buffy and Xander are just about having to discuss their friend is, is interesting. I, I do think that feels real though. I mean, I feel like we've all had like a friend who dates someone and you're like, yeah, their partner's fine. I don't really know. Like they're fine, like right. Like, and I, there's I kinda... one point where Buffy sounds like she's trying to make an excuse not to go. She's like, "Yeah, I'm going, unless there's slaying to do." I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> there's probably going to be some vamps. Are you just going to ghost?" Um, I also wanted to point out, Matthew, how dumb your co-host is. Until I watched the episode for today, I thought, Amber, I totally thought that the Taglerin mythic rights joke. I totally thought that was an Ovid reference. Oh, 
because because she's talking about like insect reflection and i've never actually read metamorphosis um i was like oh that's what that's a reference to and then i googled it and was like oh this is made up for the show <laughs> they made up so much stuff but they pulled just a little bit of it from reality and i think that's that's part of the reason a lot of the stuff feels so organic and real because like oh there's a little piece of truth to all of these weird sort of mythologies that and monsters that spring up in Sunnydale so I think you're you everyone kind of feels the way you felt <laughs> oh that has to be real um I do like Matthew I feel like we've talked about this before Riley and Xander kind of have like a I feel like this season they show their friendship more um and I do enjoy watching them kind of like like rag on each other when you know when you know, it's, oh, you would get that joke if you're a complete nerd. And he's like, then how come Xander didn't laugh? Um, <laughs> I do enjoy watching, like, them be friends. And I feel they like... They are a com scene waiting to happen. <laughs> <laughs> they are. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you wouldn't watch that, Louis? I, I'm not... No comment. We're gonna move on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um... I was going to point out that I think that the... So the whole, like, theme of this season is family, and I really love that... I don't know, it's like Tara's big episode is the whole theme of the season. Um, you know, and it's like the the side plot... We're still moving along the glory plot and the dawn plot, but, like, the side plot of the episode is Tara's birthday and her family being, you know, these, like, backward, controlling, sexist, like, rednecky type... Um, and I kind of really love that this is an episode so early on in the season, but it still sets, like... It's like telling us this is the theme for the entire season. Uh, yeah. You know, you were talking before about how this episode like makes a big kind of obviously it's like it's the magic <laughs> of queerness metaphor and like extending it. And I was thinking about like how her family are like portrayed as like southern conservatives. Yeah, yeah, like they totally all voted for Trump. That's are are they? Are they? So- <laughs> I was. I had the same thought about they were all Trump voters, but I'm. Were they actually Southern? Because there were some... I wasn't quite sure. Tara's brother seems almost Southern, but the accents, I wasn't so sure if they were actually Southern. It was like a well, backwoods. They were, they were genteel. They're, 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 they could be Midwesterner, right? Like, I don't I don't know what where exactly well, they we're were going. I feel okay. like that actor... I don't, I don't. I forget the actor's name who plays her brother, but he's also on Claws now, um, the show with Niecy Nash on TNT that everyone needs to watch, and he... <laughs> Also plays Southern on Claws, so I don't know if that actor is actually Southern. Amber. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I'm I'm like blinking on his name right now. He's <laughs> super super talented, and he definitely he definitely is Southern. Okay. I'm, okay. I'm like I'm Kevin, I'm like Kevin, 80, Kevin Rankin. Yes, yes, I, I'm like eighty five percent sure, okay. but he was born in Louisiana. I just looked. Yeah. It up. Yeah. So, oh, okay. Lewis. so he's Southern. I'm just, I'm doing my research on the side. The power <laughs> yeah. of uh, Well, also that, so I actually do love that the family doesn't come in. I think it's like 13 minutes into the episode. Uh, Isn't and it I that long? Yeah. Oh, wow. And I, I kind of love it because that's like the plot of this episode, but we still like, we're doing all the like glory work and all the like moving the pieces work. Um, Amber, what was Amy Adams like? <laughs> Oh, she was lovely. She's <laughs> such a sweetheart. Um, like she and I had a bunch of stuff together and she, you know, I'm so pleased for her. She's so talented and she's so sweet. And she really does deserve all the accolades that she she is stacked up. She is super talented. Um, you. you know, I really enjoyed working with her. 
she was very kind and it was nice to have another another person on set who, you know, was sort of in my world, the tarot world. So it wasn't just me trying to infiltrate the Scoobies all the time. It was <laughs> my life and my family and my cousin. Um, but no, she was great. And, and uh, it was really fun having her on the show. And cool. cool. I, I haven't seen her in a very long time, but I'm very pleased for well, her. Well, it's funny. I mean, this, I mean, I know Drop Dead Gorgeous came out in 99. Yeah. And she always says that, like, she was about to like quit acting. She was doing like dinner theater when she got Drop Dead Gorgeous. And then this movie. was like one of her first roles after Drop Dead Gorgeous. So I like to think that Buffy is also partly responsible for the Amy that we have now. <laughs> I love, I'll but take she, it. She was, she was also on Smallville wearing the worst fat makeup ever on television. Oh my God, really? Oh no. If anyone remembers that when she was like, no. she was like, she she was really overweight and she like got exposed to kryptonite and then she had to like eat people or also a deer, I believe, in order to, uh, to lose, she did to keep up with her like rapid weight loss because oh she was kryptonite, oh, weight, whatever man. it was. Anyway, <laughs> so she, the WB definitely propelled her to stardom. It's huh. <laughs> amazing. I've never watched Smallville. That's okay. You're, pro- you're, pro- you're probably fine. <laughs> my, I remember my cousin at the time, my cousin Louisa and I would like always talk about Buffy and her brother Mike would always talk about Smallville and he'd be like, you'll like Smallville if you like Buffy. And I'd be like, eh, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, oh, right. I was going to say in my notes, then it talks about shirtless Ben, but we already talked about him. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you, you jumped the gun on that. You were too early with shirt with Ben. <laughs> I got a little too excited. Uh, so Buffy points out that Glory's like Cordelia, which I love. Um, I do think that Joss tends to write those characters really well. Um, Cordelia, yeah. Glory, and then he did Emma Frost and Astonishing X-Men, which was like one of my favorite X-Men runs. Um, it's like weird to say, but like a, uh, I feel like normally, I always think of like the Sex and the City writers, how they write women like that really well. Complicated, but also can be kind of dicks. And like, you know, put you in your place. Uh, and usually I feel like women or gay men write them better. So it's crazy that a straight man also can do that really well. Uh, also, I wanted to point out, Matthew, I think you'll probably agree. Xander's looking good in that turquoise light blue shirt that he's wearing. Quite. Yeah. <laughs> this, was definitely, this was definitely Xander at his best. Yeah. yeah since yeah. season five, Xander. Yeah, well, at least season five, Xander is pretty... Is 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 li- lovely. Agreed. So so we moved to Buffy not allowing Dawn to go across the street to have dinner. <laughs> but I have to have a shout out to Dawn's little purse that she's carrying. <laughs> uh, the minute I saw that purse, I was like, "Mean Dawn and her little fourteen-year-old purse." <laughs> um. Also, Amber, I when does when does when did when did when did Michelle Trachtenberg get taller? She was like, wasn't she taller than Buffy at one point? Yes. In season yes. six, she's taller than Buffy. There's like a, there must have been a growth spurt at some point that happened yep. during filming. Yep. She so, got taller. We were all like, what? <laughs> yeah, I think by How season seven, happen? she's like taller than most of the cast, I think. <laughs> um, <laughs> also, Riley was gone then. He was clearly the tallest, so. Yeah, yes. that's true. Um, also, so that leads us to the beginning of the end for Riley um, when he's in... <laughs> Willie's bar, and we run into Sandy, which is a really weird callback. Um, she's the actress that, or the same character that Vampire Willow bites in Doppelgangerland. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. She's the one I that she like know that. bites in the bronze. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. Really wow. important callback. <laughs> so weird, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I So then we get, oh, we get the bit with um, Spike and Harmony where Spike's imagining fighting Buffy and she says, like, I think it's like she actually says, I'm coming, I'm coming right now. And then we get the flash of, oh, he's imagining this and he's actually having sex with Harmony. Uh, <laughs> um, Were you, I mean, I know you never had, I I'm, I don't really know what it's like to be on a TV set, um, but we always talk about how much we love Mercedes McNabb and I know that Tara never really had scenes with Harmony. Did you interact with, Mer- with Mercedes at all, like, while she was filming? Not while she was filming, but then she and I have been in a couple of um, convention sort of situations together, and I love her. She <laughs> is so awesome. She and I were in England together, and we just, like, totally palled up and spent the whole weekend just, like, hanging out and getting... We would go to Pizza Express and get pizza, because we were signing at this <laughs> mall, and we would, like, escape into the Pizza, pizza Express. Um, oh, cute. And she's such a doll. I think she's awesome. And I think she's like totally like out of the, pretty much out of the business now being like a mom and stuff. Okay. Um, but, uh, but I just, yeah, she's awesome. I really like her a lot. And I think she's also like Amy Adams, very talented. She's got really good comedic timing. Like <laughs> she does. <laughs> yeah. We always talk about like what a like delight she is when she's on screen. Um, yes. Yeah, and, like, I feel like her and Spike do really, like, she's a good foil for Spike because he yes. takes himself so seriously, and she's, you know, her her next scene is her, like, talking about socializing with other vampires. Um, <laughs> no, it just, it, like, makes sense for her character, even though that's, like, a different world we haven't seen, at least on the show, of, like, demons before. It, like, makes sense. Mm-hmm. She's one of those actresses that, like, when she's on screen, like, you, your eye just goes to her, you know? Yeah. Um, like in the Adams, both Adams family movies. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, so I love that Tara's dad, when he comes to visit in the dorm, you know, they don't do dinner, but he says, your family loves you no matter what. And I literally was like, that's the point of the episode, that her real family is, you know, the Scoobies and not these jerks that are coming to, like, control her. Um, and I love that. Well, and I also <laughs> thought I also thought it was really funny the way that this scene also did the queer parallel, because he's like, I thought you would just get it out of your system. Yeah. You know, yeah. but you, and that's especially, I feel, because of, like, misogyny and, like, anti-lesbian sentiment. Like, there's always this this idea that like women go to college and they experiment and then they'll eventually just be straight again or something because yeah. that bisexuality exists or whatever, you know, or people do is what I mean. So, um, but I felt like it was interesting to hear him say those things talking about magic, um, and the way that your family would react, you know, thinking that maybe, okay, you had a girlfriend once, but we thought you'd get over it. Yeah. I was just wondering if you like discuss with Joss or like with yourself, like if you had any thoughts about like, was Tara is, was Tara a lesbian? Was she bi? Like, did, like, did she always know she was lesbian? Like, did you think at all about sort of that, her queer identity, and like how much of that had you considered? I, I did actually, because um, you know, because we talked a lot about like what their relationship was and what Willow's sort of thing was, because she'd been with you know with Seth before mm-hmm. that, and you know, and had had the thing for Xander for all those years, you know. So there was a lot of talk about that. And so, you know, no one really came to me and was like, what do you think about you? So I just kind of came up with my own thing. I felt like she was queer. She was always queer. She knew she was queer. And she was comfortable with that. 
you know, that, that, that in some ways she was the one that was the most, um, like she, she had, she had had enough experience with it that she had sort of come to terms with, with how society dealt with her. And so she'd sort of put up a little wall and Willow was the first person to breach that and to like bring her into, into her life. Um, but yeah, I felt like she had always known what she was and that this wasn't just her experimenting. This was her life and how she was always going to be. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I love that. (laughs) (laughs) I also, I also really like that when the family comes back, Tara Stutter comes back. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I mean, did did you like? I guess when you were when you were playing her in season five, and she was, she was sort of you know, more integrated into the group and like and more comfortable with herself. Um, you obviously played her a little differently and less repressed than she was when you first started. Yeah, I, I specifically were like when if you watch the first like sort of run of of Tara's episodes, she really like hunches forward and her shoulders yeah. come in, and she sort of like keeps her head down. And by the end of the show. By the time we were done, I had sort of changed how she held herself and her ability to interact with people. You know, she had kind of come into her own by the end. And I, for me, it was a very physical transformation. I'm going to cry because you keep saying the <laughs> end. And I'm like, no, the end. No, there is no end. The end. The end. Um, One of the things, too, that I noticed that is like calling her father sir and like this whole patriarchal i was just watching like tale on hulu and it felt very Uh. it felt the way that her father was talking about like having all the women in the family be in line it felt very handmaid's tale yeah no i like that i like that cousin beth is there because it makes it like there's a woman who's complicit in this too whether or not she's like by choice she's like part of this organization as well yeah Amy Adams gives one of her best lines of all time when she calls her a selfish bitch. <laughs> I I actually like screenshotted um, your face, Amber, for the reaction because it's so funny because like you know Tara's like this sweet angel of a character, and then there's like cousin Beth like calling her a bitch, and it's like how dare you? <laughs> I know. Oh. <laughs> um. So. I feel like we should, Matthew, maybe talk about, I love Glory's monologue to the Layok demon when she just has him tied up in her fucking closet. Yes. Um, well, I mean, Glory just has great, Glory just has great monologues, but I mean, this one is really, really good. Right? Like, I love that she, like, throws a shoe at him and is, like, picking out a dress. Um, <laughs> and, like, she also can understand him. Uh, and then when she's, like, you will listen to me when I walk into a room, blah, blah, blah. And she's like giving him that. I was like, mm, I love her. <laughs> uh, Claire killed it. She really did. She's <laughs> such a good glory. <laughs> she really oh, is. So good. <laughs> like, I feel like, oh, I feel like Buffy has a lot of like, like, I, like gay iconic characters. And I do feel like glory still falls under that. Even though, you know, like, I feel like she's like kind of like a gay icon of a villain. Yeah. I, Forgot one thing that I wanted to say about magic and lesbianism. One other thing. <laughs> um, when she says to her father um, that her magic makes her feel good, not evil, that was also such a queer moment because, like, you, obviously, like, there's so many people who would tell their children that, like, being queer is sinful and, like, when you fall in love, it's, like, you know, being part of a sinful life. And so when yeah. she was defending her magic, it also felt like she was defending her relationship with Tara. I mean, with Willow, yeah. saying like, "It doesn't make it doesn't feel evil to me. It feels good." Yeah, 
Um, so I mean, Amber, Amber, I know you like there was lots of like ugliness online because there always is and always has been. Yeah. Like, did you, did, did, were you like aware of any like backlash when you were doing this, or were you like, did you have to deal with any of that? It's funny because you know, I really expected we'd get really nasty hate mail over over this yeah. stuff, and we didn't. We had a few people send like like this one woman would send me tracks of um, religious. Uh, stuff because she was trying to like you know come to our side (laughs) it was never super hate-filled it was all kind of like come join us over here renounce your ways kind of stuff (laughs) um i feel like more of what what i got online was about you know body size and what you look like that to me was more of the like trolly nasty behavior oh like people uh, like that was out there oh god yeah that was really that was really the stuff that i dealt with I don't feel like there was a ton of anti, you know, queer stuff uh, on the posting boards. I I feel like the Buffy, we can say what we want about fandom and we can talk about, oh, we're all nerds because we're fans, whatever. (laughs) The the Buffy fandom is some of the most progressive (laughs) fandom. Like like the people that that love this show are very forward thinking. They're very progressive. there is a lot of a lot of depth and thoughtfulness to how they relate to the show, and so I think because of that, people were very accepting of the the the, the queer relationship that Willow and Tara shared. Oh, that makes me really happy. I I do agree with you, and I think I don't know. I mean, you can probably tell me if this is right or not, but I feel like that's why a lot of a lot of you guys from the show like are seem so willing to interact with fans. I think that's part of it, and it's also sort of what the edict was like the minute you're on you were on the show they were like we want you to interact we want you to talk to the fans there's this thing called the posting board we want you to go on there we're going to give you a color so everyone knows it's you <laughs> that you're not you know <clears throat> and i think that that was sort of the 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 vibe of of the show of how they wanted the, the they wanted the fans to to not just be fans but to be part of the buffy family and i think huh. that's very true that's very true hmm. i that's funny i actually hadn't even thought but that's interesting to know that they actually wanted you to do that. A hundred percent. Because I feel like a lot of shows, especially prior to Buffy, hadn't really done that. There hadn't been, like, big... Like, it was mostly just fans talking about it, no, like, people from the show interacting. Yeah, I mean, that, that, all that stuff was so... That was the beginning of all of, all of that interacting, yeah. social media. Like, I, I didn't even... I, I, you know, I had email and, like, you know, instant messenger, and that was kind of it. Like, I was like, <laughs> oh, there's this... I know the posting boards were like a huge thing for a very long time, but I was late to the party, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, but it was interesting to, to see people's responses and there was a lot of goodwill on the, I, I really liked what was happening on the posting board for the most part. Like I said, there were a couple of trolly, not nice moments, but for the most part, people were really kind and, and sweet. Hmm. Good. Um, I, so I put in my notes when, so Willow goes to see Tara, Tara's kind of like, trying to like uh what's the word i'm like, trying to like give a reason why she can't hang out because she wants to do the spell and when she's like she takes back like being kind of mean and she's like there's just so much going on i'm just really tired i literally was like that's how i feel like in 2018 <laughs> <laughs> oh, god um and i i was thinking about how i remember when i watched this so because, like, you know, back in the day, like, if you missed an episode, you missed the episode, and you had to wait till forever to 
see it. And I, I think I had missed this episode. So I don't think I, I don't think I knew why Tara like had messed up the spell until like I had finished season five and I saw this episode as a rerun, I think. And I remember thinking at the time, but why would she think this? Like, blah, 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 blah. But like watching this as an adult, I'm like, no, that makes sense because her family has stressed upon her how like, quote unquote, evil and bad and wrong she is. And like, you know, aside from Willow, she's not quite that close with anyone in the group. So she's worried. Um, So yeah, it's weird that like when I watched it, I remember thinking, oh, why would Tara think they would judge her? But like going back to it, I'm like, oh no, that makes sense. she would be scared of it, mostly because of the family situation. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. I always feel so bad about Tara's mom. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Whatever, well, I, she, has, she has to deal with a lot of shit, I assume. Yeah. yeah. So then we get... <laughs> she, she does a spell. Amy Adams, Amy Adams calls you a selfish bitch, which is delightful. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you know, then everyone can't see the demons. Uh, I actually... Matthew, I know we always talk about the fight scenes, how some episodes it's like, oh, there has to be one. I actually really like this fight scene. Uh, the, like, oh, action yeah. sequence. I kind of love the, like, showing the demons attacking and then everyone having to act like the demon is there. Uh, well, the other thing, too, is, you know, I <clears throat> this demon never really gets a name. Like, there's a name when you look up the episode and stuff, like a, a canon mm-hmm. name, but he's never really, or the 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 species of creatures have really named the episode, but they're very creepy. And it's a really, they're really good. I just wanted to point that out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I kind of really love watching Buffy be like, no, shut up. I need to listen for these demons so I can fight them. Uh, I don't know. Amber, was that like more of a pain in the ass for like everyone acting wise or no, not really. Because you couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I feel like there was so much of that. There were there were always things where you're like, "What are we supposed to be?" Because <laughs> there was, you know, these visual effects that would pot, they would, you know, be doing, or sometimes you'd have the the practical effect, and then there was something to look at. But sometimes with the visual stuff, you didn't see it, so you just had to sort of roll with it. <laughs> <laughs> it's over there. No, it's over there. No, it's up when you know. <laughs> you're like, okay, I get punched by an invisible demon. Got it. <laughs> yep. Yep. Go. Fall over. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, uh, so then I put in my notes, well, the rest of this episode is me crying. Um, so Aww. Matthew, <laughs> Aww. I have, a, I have yeah. a lot of emotions. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> it's a very, it's a very sweet episode it ultimately. Really yeah. And, like, and I think it's, it's like, it no, really, it, 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 it really, um, you were talking about sort of the, like the themes, the all very obvious themes of like of lesbianism and, and witchcraft, but also like this whole theme of like chosen family is so central to it. And that's kind of like the, such a positive message about that. I think a lot of queer people have always gravitated toward about choosing your family versus the biological family that might not embrace you in the same way. Yes. Yeah. And well, I, it's super important. And I think yeah, and Jana Spenson talked about that, right, Matthew, when we had her on. Well, we had four. brought that up to her because we talk about it so much on the show is like, I think that's the reason that queer people find Buffy you know, it's the same reason that we kind of find X-Men. Like, they're different, yeah. and they all live together, and they're, you know, they have a different kind of family. And it's that same kind of principle. And so it's yeah. interesting that, like, Tara's story is the one that most explicitly gets the gang to say that, right? Like, we are her family. Like, she is now one of us. Like, she doesn't, she left you for a reason. She does not need your bullshit. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I've seen this episode 5,000 fucking times, and I still, <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm still like, oh no, my, my angels. Um, and I, <laughs> I, I always love any moment with Tara. I mean, Tara and Anya as characters do that for me because I know that, you know, in the end, they both have a not-so-great um, ending. Um, so I'm always like, oh, I love watching them do something, and then I, you know, have a, have a feeling or two. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. What we're talking. I completely repress anything that happens after this, so I don't know what you're talking about. But I'm sure it's <laughs> sure everything turns out fine. <laughs> and that couple's gonna do well. <laughs> yes. <Aww. laughs> yeah. I, I. I just think that it's so well done when they're all standing up for Tara, and you know. I mean, Amber, I say this in almost every episode of podcast, but all of y'all are such good actors. It's insane. Aww. Thank you. <laughs> um, and like. I really love the idea that, like, Tara's standing there thinking she's going to be rejected. And, you know, Buffy is a little pissed, understandably, but then ultimately is just like, hey, fuck you guys. Like, I I think of this as one of the best moments, like, one of my favorite moments from the series is everyone standing up. Because we just, we got an episode, like you said, Matthew, where Buffy and Xander are kind of saying, eh, we don't really know about Tara, blah, blah, blah. Um, But then in the end, everyone's like, nope, she's one of us. Um, and it's just well by the by the end of the show, everyone's done a spell to like almost kill all their friends, right? So like everyone <laughs> makes mistakes. Yeah. Everyone has a very misguided spell, and yeah. it, it's fine. It works out. <laughs> Lewis, that's really accurate. Like almost everyone has done something that's almost killed everyone, or or yeah. has killed, or has killed people. Yeah. You know, like it, these are they're human beings with flaws. Yeah, like, they're real people. Just killing someone is like ah, I got I got a flaw. No big deal. <laughs> You know, well, it happens. The, it's a high-stakes uh, world. I mean, the other thing, cause this, this spell always reminds me of Tabula Rasa, because it also takes place in the magic box. Yeah. Mm. And how, like, and it's funny because Tara cannot forgive Willow, but Tara did it once. <laughs> I mean, it's a little different, but yeah, I can say I know, that. I know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just want them to be together. Jeez. Yeah, Amber. We just want them to be together. God. <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> That's the answer you can give, really. It's just... <laughs> so, what did... I was curious what all of you thought. Did we think Anya was questioning because she knew that they were full of shit? Or she was being Anya just, like, explicitly being like, oh, tell me what kind? I, well, thought, she was, I thought she was talking about how she was a demon, too. Yeah. Yeah. Was because she quotes... Um, someone from earlier in the episode saying how she had become a cashier and that she was a useful member of society. So she <laughs> says, like, what kind of demon? Because some have been called a useful member of society. She's talking uh-huh. about herself. Yeah. So she's actually just, like, I think, trying to be, like, demons' rights, not all demons are bad. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, I love it seeing Tara finally stand up for herself. And I felt like what you said, Amber, is true. Like, when you said that, you know, you did the stutter and the, like, you like acting wise even like posture physical you had her you showed that she was not quite comfortable or like confident and we got that in the episode where oz comes back where she goes back to stuttering and goes back to seeming a little bit more reserved so it was nice in this episode to see she does go back to being reserved but then at the end she you know just says to her dad just go like get out Um, yeah and that felt like a really like empowering moment and i do feel that it's very the queer experience if like you have family members that don't accept you or whatever it I, and you know realizing oh i can have my own chosen family it is really like 
It's just really sweet. I feel like that's all I've been saying. I'm like, this is really nice. <laughs> I I think I think this is the only episode I could think of um, where uh, I, someone gets punched in the face and it's like a really sweet moment. <laughs> <laughs> it's, such a, it's such a selfless act. I mean, like he's gonna he knows he's gonna get he's gonna get hurt. He does it anyway, and he's a demon. <laughs> I always think like he could have just punched her in the arm. <laughs> No, it's way more effective this way. It, it is, yeah. <laughs> like, punching her directly on the nose, too. Like, <laughs> such a delicate body part. <laughs> um, and I do love that Spike even does that. Because he's, like, especially this season, he's, like, is slowly joining the group. Um, and, you know, even though he's, like, he says he's going to watch Buffy get killed, like, he still helps her. And then he even helps Tara. Like, he punches her to show that, like... Yep. Oh look, you guys are full of crap. Um, and it's it is kind of a nice moment, and yeah, yeah. it's a nice moment. I always like the connection punch. between between Tara and Spike. I always thought that there was like something really good there, especially later on when when Tara is the one who knows about yeah. Spike and Buffy. That I, yeah. I thought that I thought you and James always had really good good chemistry there. I, I'm like his wingman, you know. <laughs> I'm like. I'm like a good spike wingman. No, I agree that that the, I always think of that moment uh, when he, he, I say something about oh, it's a cramp when he's like yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like you have. I mean, I think everyone did really well. I, like I always am like oh, it's crazy that everyone wasn't best friends. Um, but I think that Spike and Tara and Dawn and Tara had like really. And even Dawn and Spike as well. I feel like the yeah. those three characters had really good, like, a side friendship and, like, respect for each other. Yeah. Well, they're kind of the outcasts. They came in late to this, like, really tightly formed group. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and I remember I was, for our episode we did for Dawn's first episode, Real Me, in their commentary, they say, like, oh, um, we wanted Tara to be, like, a cool aunt. Yeah. And I feel like that's really accurate. So, I mean, obviously this episode also ends with one of the most iconic Tara Willow moments. Yeah. The floating dance. Aww, that was so sweet. <laughs> was um, that just like, what did you, was that just like um, CGI'd or like, what did you do for that dance? That was, <laughs> that was slightly, that was like painful, but a little uncomfortable. They put us in harnesses. Oh, uh, okay. And then we, yeah. So, it, yes, like, okay, you're in a harness, and now we're going to lift you in the air. Hold on to each other. Like, <laughs> I don't I never thought that was a practical effect. I don't know why I assumed that was, like, all CGI. I didn't realize that was, like, actually being hoisted in the air. Yeah, I thought oh, that yeah, too. No, that was... so funny. So you had to, like, hide. It was, like, on America's Next Top Model when they're in a harness, and they're like, you have to hide the pain. So you had to, like, <laughs> hide the pain and act like you were in love and everything. <laughs> totally. <laughs> What's more painful, a harness or a corset? Well, they're painful in different ways. One is a crotch pain and one is a boob pain. So Got it. Like, you're kind of screwed either way. No. <laughs> uh, um, I, always, I always actually forget that this moment is in this episode. I always think that end of them floating is like a season six thing. Um, mm-hmm. you know, very precious. Um, I kept finding myself Should thinking be- like, no, don't go into season six. <laughs> <laughs> This is where it ends. It all ends here. It's yeah. Fine. yeah, exactly. Tara and Willow leave town and they're happy forever. <laughs> they get out of Sunnydale. <laughs> you could definitely find that fanfic. It's out there. I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So 
Amber, we do favorite outfit and then favorite scene and then grade the episode. What's your favorite outfit in this episode? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Ooh, I have to say, I mean, it, it can be anybody's. So, I mean, because not <laughs> yeah. everybody's on the show, right? In the, in the episode to pick the one that they wore. Um, no, I think I think I have to agree with you that that Emma outfit is very iconic. Um, that it like that she wears tanks all the way through, and it just sort of is her vibe. So the stuff Emma was wearing, I think, always catches my eye. Right. Um, so I like what she was wearing. All right. Uh, Lewis, favorite outfit? Yeah, I like the flower print that Tara wears at the end. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's cute too. I like a fl- and florals are so in right now. This was ahead <laughs> of its time. Truly, that was the true queer icon of this episode. Was the floral print? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, Matthew, so stupid. I I I feel. I just feel like I have to shout out like Dawn's outfit with the sweater wrapped around her and the little purse. Like I'm enamored <laughs> by this Dawn fashion moment. <laughs> I love that you love the little purse. It's the purse. Oh my god, the little purse. Um. Oh wait, also that thing that 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 Amy Adams wears, the like the the like light purple. Uh, it's like a cardigan, but it's like tied at the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever that is, oh, I also yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's a fun one. I th- I actually have a three way tie. I love Anya's tank top. I love Xander's blue number, and I actually really love. As I have said in every episode of season five, because in season five they give Buffy hoops, um, and I feel like I love them. I love her in the all black with the sleeveless and the hoops. I feel like <laughs> that's a good outfit. Um, okay, favorite scene, Lewis? Favorite scene? I, I mean, it's hard to go wrong with the last scene, right? Like the not the yeah. not the dance. Sorry, the the confronting yeah. uh, the family and all of that, and especially Spike punching Tara in the face is definitely <laughs> like an iconic. Moment. Only time I approve of that kind of violence is is in this context. <laughs> Amber, uh, I have to agree I, that that scene. I, I I lived it, and we all cried. So, <laughs> oh, it, it yeah, it was very emotional. Uh, Matthew, um, selfish bitch. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and agree with Amber and Lewis because oh boy, um. You have a lot of feelings. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, everyone. Um, what grade do you give the episode? Amber, it feels you like it's going to be biased. There's going to be. Bias I know, Amber. So you have to go first. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, I. You know, I think it's a real. I, I really like the episode. I think it's very emo. It has a really strong emotional core, and like you said, it does sort of set the tone for what the theme of that season is going to be. Um, I don't know. Crap. Um, um, uh, you can say can A+. I, plus. Can I, can I, can I, I'll give it an A. I'll okay. give it an A. <laughs> Lewis? Okay, I'm I'm going to give it an A-, minus, and the minus is for the Riley vampire stuff. Okay. <laughs> but everything else gets a solid A. <laughs> Matthew? I'm going to give it an A-, minus also because of the vampire stuff. Well, no, just because I want to give it an A-. minus. <laughs> I I give it the best grade of the group. I give it an A+. Um, Aww. Aww. <laughs> uh, I'm always the more lenient grader than Matthew. Uh, <laughs> Listen, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great episode. It's a classic. It is. It is. It is. Um, and so now we're at the end. Amber, thank you so much for doing this. 
Oh my gosh, it was my pleasure. Thank you guys so much for keeping Buffy alive. Oh, um, you're always a delight. Um, and Lewis, thank you for coming on again. Thanks you for having me. Also, always a delight. Um, if you guys want to follow our podcast on Twitter, we are at SlayerFestX98. If you want to follow Matthew on Twitter, he is at Matthew Rodriguez, one T, a G, and a Z. And if you want to follow Ian, you can follow him at Ian X Carlos. Uh, Lewis, where can people find you? Also on Twitter, at Lewis Peitzman. And you can try to spell that correctly or not. It's really up to you. <laughs> and Amber, where can people find you? Oh, in their dreams. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, guys. And if you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe to us and rate us on iTunes. You can find us on SoundCloud and Google Play and Stitcher. Um, yeah, and thank you for listening. We'll see you all next week. Bye. 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 Bye.